trusting God's plan for you, even when it seems weird, even when it makes no sense, even when you think this can't be it, this can't be the door I'm supposed to walk through. This can't be the person I'm supposed to talk to. It it can be so tough to trust, especially when God is closing doors, when you're going after something and that door closes, but being able to trust that that door closed for a reason and that it's going to serve you to the highest and the best, that, that is what makes you unstoppable. Do you want God's plan for your life? Do you want to discover your calling? Do you want to build a business that's aligned with God's will? Hey girl, hey, I'm Jeanette, business and faith coach. After a decade in the military, the Air Force said, see you later, and I had to find my true calling. Want to know how God directed my life from a cybersecurity engineer to a faith and business mentor? In this podcast, I'll teach you how to start a business, how to know your business is God's calling, monetization techniques, how to trust the Holy Spirit, and how to set boundaries to listen to His Word alone. Ready to become unapologetically unstoppable? Hey girl, hey! Welcome to the Unapologetically Unstoppable podcast, where today we've got Danielle Mendoza, who I'm obsessed with. I love her so much. She's become a fast friend. She is a cat and coffee-loving wife, mom, podcast host, multi-time international best-selling author, and bespoke book consultant. As the founder of Confident Concept, she's helping brilliant entrepreneurs build their legacy and scale their businesses by finally getting their ideas for a book out of their heads and into the world. So that means you, because I know you're brilliant if you're listening to this podcast. After facing curable but stubborn skin cancer, Danielle realized her calling was to make sure women have the chance to help real people by sharing their gifts and talents before leaving this earth. She's been featured on dozens of podcasts and publications like Pretty Woman Hustle and Authority Magazine. And with 10 years of writing and business strategy experience, coupled with her background in design and production, makes her the one-stop shop for women experts who are ready to grow into their next level of success. Danielle helps her clients develop a winning strategy to write, launch, and leverage a best-selling book to increase their revenue and time freedom. Welcome, Danielle. Hey, Jeanette. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too. I'm just obsessed with you. I feel like we do such different things, but I feel like we're also so aligned at the same time. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the power of connecting through, you know, values-based interactions, showing up authentically as yourself and allowing those people who resonate with you to just kind of come into your orbit. And here we are now, fast friends. It's awesome. Yes. So my number one question always before getting started is tell me a little bit about your business. Tell me about bespoke book consulting. Tell me all the things on books. For sure. I think bespoke book consulting can be a little confusing. People are like, what does that even mean? Everyone's heard of a book coach, but they don't quite understand uh, the realm of where I step in. And it's bespoke first and foremost, because it's personalized. So each person I work with has a unique book writing journey, and we're focused on developing a process that works specifically for them in their situation. And then I call myself a book consultant, not a coach. Because consulting involves a lot more strategy and advice, whereas coaching is 
kind of a hands-off guidance in terms of the process. And it's more in the realms of mindset and emotional management and accountability. And I, I do those things. There is an element of coaching to what I do, but it really comes down to this idea of consulting and making sure that you have the winning strategy to get that book out of your head and into the world in a way that is going to actually work for you in your business. Yeah, that's why I love being a consultant rather than a coach, because I want to show you the best strategies, not just say, not just mirror things back to you, like talk to yourself. In the yeah, I, I mean, I'm like I have to tell you what to do. Yeah, I want to tell you what to do. Do this thing. Be better. Let's, let's go. <laughs> okay, so let's go. I, I know a lot of people around here are Jesus lovers and they follow Jesus and they're walking with Jesus. What was that period of life where you decided, okay. I'm going to start walking with Jesus. Tell us that story. So it's, it's so funny how like Jesus's relentless pursuit of you can be seen so clearly when you look back on things. It really started for me big time when my daughter was young. After I first had her, she developed something called benign neutropenia, uh, which meant she basically had no white blood cells in her body, Whoa. but they called it benign because she never got sick. It was just like the miracle of miracles. Even Children's Hospital didn't understand it. They're like, these kids are normally sick all the time. She never even had an ear infection, um, which is insane for a child, right? And so I was kind of, you know, figuratively on my knees at that time. Like I, I, there's nothing I can do. This is completely out of my control. And so I started praying to a God that previously I had said I wasn't sure existed, right? Because that's, I think what happens is you're kind of, your back is up against a wall and you're like, okay, this is it. There's got to be something bigger than me out there in control of this. And I was like, God, please take care of her. And like, I'll bring her to church every Sunday. Like she's yours. You can have her. And then she got better. And things progressed in life and I never took her to church and I stopped praying and I stopped having that conversation. And yet Jesus still pursued me. Like he loved me enough and so much that he was like, no, 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 this is good. We're going to keep going. You know, I still want you. I still want you. And then when my daughter was about eight, she came to us and she goes, mommy, I want to go to church. And it's just so funny now to look back and see how God was moving through her in our lives. And so we're like, okay, so we found a church and we started going. And the first Sunday that I walked into that church was Transfiguration Sunday. And I just, looking back, I think that's so funny because I was completely transfigured by that experience. And I have been all in for Jesus ever since. And it's a big part of our life now. We go to church pretty much every Sunday. I volunteer in the kids ministry. My daughter volunteers, my son volunteers, my husband volunteers. Like we're, we're all in the church knows us as that family. Who's like at everything. I love that. I love that because like, you know, sometimes we are up against the wall and we're like, God, if you're there, are you there? Okay. Whatever. And then it happens and you're like, all right, I'm going to keep going back to my life. That was just coincidence. And then you, yeah, then you absolutely. realize, no, it's, it's hard. It is. It's so hard. But now I find it's, it really is the, you know, Jesus says my, my yoke is the lighter burden. And I have never felt that more true now that I'm all in and I'm, you know, a solid and profound yes for Jesus at all times. It's so much easier to walk out that hard stuff in my life 
because I know that there is something bigger than me that I'm connected to. And I have that place to rest. I have that place to trust. And my faith really has carried me through a lot since then. It doesn't have to depend on you. It's on him. God called you to this. Then you just have to walk with him and be like, okay, I will give you my yes. And then you will figure out the rest. Which is so scary. I think oh, before yeah. Yeah, before you're an all-in believer, especially, you're just like, oh, I'm going to give up complete control of my life to this thing that I can't talk to and hear from. And, I, you know, I'm a like a little bit of a control freak planner. Like I want to know point A, B, C, all the way to Z before we embark on this journey. And God's like, no, no, no. Point A, step out. And then I'll show you B. And then maybe I'll show you C and D. And I've learned like to trust in that so much so that now when I, it's like, well, I'm not in control of this. I think, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, right. right. Ooh, like I don't have to be the one to do all the things and figure it all out and make it all happen. I can just go one step at a time and trust that if I'm following in the path that is for me, it's all going to work out and it's going to work out even better than I can imagine. Yep. And then I don't have to worry about it. Not my problem. For sure. Even when it goes wrong, I'm like, okay, there's a lesson here. There's maybe a reason for this. You know, I've seen things go wrong. And then what comes next is like, oh, so good. Like, I see why that went wrong and how it led me to this place. And, you know, it's, it's important to acknowledge that and kind of gather, gather those milestones or those memories of God moving in our life so that we can reflect on that in times when it is harder to see him or hear him. Yeah, I think that's really good. Especially, I was talking to this girl earlier today and she was talking about being in a season of waiting. And I was like, yeah, like even if we're in a season of waiting, still knowing that God has got us and we don't have to depend on anything and just wait for his next step. Sometimes we have to move and sometimes it's like, all right, God will, he's still moving the things. And just because you're obedient doesn't mean the person that's supposed to get the, the gift on the other side is also being obedient, which I have to remember. Right. right but trusting that even if they're not you know god's gonna move in that too oh yeah so for sure so i asked you to take a quiz and it was the spiritual gift quiz do you remember what you got i don't i don't remember this is like i'm kind of excited for you to reveal it to me again (laughs) (laughs) it was organization which is also like leading and leadership and i was like Mm. duh duh (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't surprised with that. I, I remember now getting that result being like, oh, yeah, okay. Because so you've probably heard of the book Rocket Fuel and it talks about like whether you're a visionary or an integrator and visionaries have that big picture and then integrators are more of like the plan and walking it out. Um, and there's a quiz you can take to find out like, are you a visionary or an integrator? And I took the quiz and they're like, you're that weird percentage of people who's both. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes. Okay, this makes a lot of sense now. Like it really helps me to understand myself in a new way. And I think the organization part of it is that integrator side of me, just being able to say, okay, we want to go here, but we're here now. And so here's the steps we need to walk out in order to get there, which has probably been part of the source of my challenge and walking out some of the things God has for me. Because like I said, I I want to know the plan. I want to know how it's going to work how I should move through it and that sort of thing. And yeah, that, that can be really hard in a spiritual sense, but in a very practical, like logical business sense, once I know what God's asking me to do, 
then I can walk that out much more easily, I think, because I have that ability to say, all right, I've got a, you know, I've got this day plan and I've got these things in it and here's how I'm going to work it. And I'm going to make sure there's time for me to have my lunch and see my kids and, you know, get what I need out of the day. It's just something that is very natural to me and comes through in book writing too. Cause I, I can hear people like kind of brain dump at me, all their ideas, and then I can give it back to them in this really streamlined, simplified way. I think that I don't have that ability, but I do have the ability to do that for other people, which I think is kind of funny. Like I can't make my things look easy, but if you were like, yay, Jeanette, all my stuff is everywhere. I need help getting organized on my IT stuff. And I'd be like, oh, this is how you do this, blah, blah, blah. Don't look in the inside of my business though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have, it's good. But. <laughs> so why did you start your business? Like, no, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say like, we all struggle with our own stuff. Like the thing we can do for other people, we sometimes struggle to do for ourselves, but Darren Hardy talks about, he says, we're inside the Coke bottle and it's like trying to read the label from inside the bottle. So when we have someone outside of us to read that label and tell us what it says, then it becomes so much easier. And so that's probably why you can do that so well for other people because you're outside of their bottle. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I had another me to look at my business the way I look at other people's businesses. Do you ever feel that way when you're writing your own book? Oh, yeah. Completely, completely. Like it's the hardest to take my own advice. I'm, I'm writing a book right now. <laughs> it was like, like, okay, sit down, like do the process, like put the process into play. But yeah, not having someone to kind of bounce the ideas off of and brainstorm with and say, does this make sense? Does this feel cohesive? Does it flow the right way? Can be really challenging, which is why coaches need coaches and consultants yes. need consultants. And yes, that's important for all of us. It makes the world go round, right? Absolutely. So why did you start your business doing book consulting? What? How did you get to there? So about 10 years ago, I was a young mom and I had kids at home and I was like, I need to do something for myself. And so I took a business management and marketing certification and decided to take my talent for writing and apply it to marketing. And I was working online as a copywriter. It was one of the few things that had a low barrier to entry. And I was doing a lot of like ghostwriting for different blogs, different recipe blogs and mommy bloggers, as well as, you know, kind of weird blogs like different like sheets for knives or like the vet or plumbers or mechanics, like the weirdest stuff. I wrote about everything. So I was just like, I want money for Starbucks and I get paid per word. And so I need to do X number of blogs a week to make sure that I have what I need. And that's kind of how I've always been. I've never been one to say like, oh, I can't afford this. I'm more like, how do I afford yeah. this? Like, how do I make the money I need get to get what I want? Yeah. So I was doing that. Then I got a life coaching certification, several actually, and started kind of leaning into that world. And then I started working with a bigger life coaching brand in business strategy and marketing, as well as developing materials for a certification program for them, as well as their membership program. And I really found a lot of joy in being able to take these ideas and break them down into workbooks and into, you know, monthly things that we could distribute. And it was a lot of fun. And then, 
you know, kind of the whirlstorm of 2020 hit everything. And we started to go separate ways, essentially. Some of the ways that they would operate didn't really align with my values and I decided I needed to step away. And so I opened my own business consultancy. And, you know, just before working with that brand was when I had to deal with my skin cancer head on. And I really had to come to terms with my own mortality. And it was something that woke me up. It made me say like, okay, what's my legacy? Like, why am I really here? What am I here to do? And a few years before that, my aunt had passed from cervical cancer. And I just realized like so many women die and take their gifts and talents with them. And it's so sad like that we are all deprived of being able to experience the goodness that God gave them to offer us. And so I had to face that for myself and say, like, what's my goodness? What's my thing, you know, that I'm going to be doing? And so I started a business consultancy specifically for women who were getting into business, who felt intimidated by the idea of the big coaching programs, the like, let's get you to six figures, seven figures. They were like, whoa, you know, I'm retired. I just want to like make an extra 20 grand a year. And so I started to say, okay, there's no reason that woman who wants to make 20 grand or 30 grand or 50 grand shouldn't be in business. She has a valid idea. She can help real people and she needs a place to go where it's okay to have dreams that fit the lifestyle that she desires. And so that was the focus of my consultancy. And I wrote a book And I grew my consultancy through that book. And then people started to ask me about how I did that and how that works. And by the fourth person who was like, I know this isn't what you do, but I was like, okay, (laughs) I I hear you, God, you're calling me into something (laughs) else. You're calling me into a new method of service. Um, And so I started the book consultancy and started helping entrepreneurs and business owners write books that help them to grow their business. I love that because... I feel like books are so, we were talking earlier about today about this. If you didn't get to the live, look on either one of ours Instagrams, but we talked earlier about this, but very much so like legacy content that lives on without you is so prevalent. Like mine is obviously here in the podcast. Hers is a book. Like these things are what you need where people can go back and quote unquote research you or look you up and see see who you are and hear your voice either through word or through like audio, but they're still just getting us raw, who we are, like just totally authentic us. And so I think it's really important for women to have legacy content, even for like our kids, you know what I mean? To be like, oh, wow, my mom wrote a book. Like, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. My son's so funny. My uh, we assigned my book actually as reading for both my kids in homeschool because um, it talks about, you know, early business foundation principles and things like that. My son will read some of the stories and he's like, oh, that was about me. Like he sees himself in in my book and he's like, that's so cool. You know, it's pretty funny, but it is good for them to see that. I think it's good for them to see too that we are intentionally leaving pieces of ourselves behind because it inspires them to do the same, to think about their life in a different way. You know, we, we all leave a legacy. Your legacy is the story of you that's told after you're gone. So that will be left no matter what, but how intentional are you being in developing that legacy while you're here? Are you telling the full story of who you are? 
you know, if I had died back when I first had the skin cancer and, and it wasn't life threatening, but let's just say that was my end, I would be known as a mom and that would be it. And I had to wake up and say to myself, that's not enough. That is not yes. the limit of what God is calling me into. And I had to face a lot of my own limiting beliefs and guilt around saying like being a mom is not enough for me, you know, for some people it is for some people, their legacy is being the best dang mom on the planet. And that's great. But for me, it wasn't. And I had to, you know, come to terms with that and also be okay with that and embrace that God was calling me into more and be willing to step out and pursue that boldly. I love that. I think that it's very unique to have moms who are also business owners that homeschool, you know what I mean? They're, we're a very niche set of moms. And it's because we love our kids so much, but we also know that motherhood is not the last stop on the train for us. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it is hard. Definitely. Definitely. It made me a better person. It made me a better mom to pursue my business because before that we were stuck with a lot of quantity and not very much quality of interaction. Like it was just yes. hard because I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about my day to day. And I couldn't show up in that space of joy in the same way as I can now, because now I know I'm pursuing what's for me and I'm guiding them through pursuing what's for them. And now the time we have together is so quality. And yeah, there's less quantity of it, but we still spend plenty of time together. Like we're all home together all day long. We eat lunch together most days, dinner, definitely. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for us to bond and hang out and interact and in a different way than it would be if they were in school every day. You know, like even if I was a stay at home mom, but they were in school every day, I would be missing so much with them. There would be so much limitation on our interaction. And so homeschooling them has actually given us a lot more freedom to be together as a family, even though I'm busier now than I was years ago. I think I love that because like you said, I, we have good quality time together. And so I know when I am producing fruit in my business, I'm also producing fruit in them and I want them to be entrepreneurs. I want them to want the biggest, boldest things that they can imagine. And I feel like if I'm a good steward of my children through the gifts that God has given me of my children, then that's the best way to do it is to show them how to be their exact self, whoever God made them to be, whatever that means. So if they want to be like pursuing dance or pursuing music, like I want them to do that. And I can't do that if they're in school 24 hours a day and they're not in school 24 hours a day, but you know what I mean? Like it's such a big piece and then feels like back and forth and buses and schedules and blah, blah, blah. And I don't no, I don't want to do that. It's not sound fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, my son, he has, you know, a big idea right now for a pressure washing business he's going to pressure wash trash cans. And so we sat down and we mapped it out. We're like, okay, yes. what would this look like? You know, we got to know which streets have their trash pickup, which days. And those are the days you would go to those streets to service those homes. And, you know, this much per trash can and this many houses per day, five days a week. And in the year you could make, you know, we figured out like a hundred thousand dollar plan for him. Like, what would that look like? And so he's in the process of figuring out now how to close some of those clients, how to get people to say yes to this 12 year old showing up <laughs> and washing out their trash cans by hand. 
and, and researching competition, you know, we have like different companies that will come around and do that. And so how can he stand out? What's his unique proposition? So it is really good for them to see that in us because now they have reason to believe that they can do anything they set their mind to. He believes that that will work, even though to an outside person, it might be this like preposterous idea. He's like, no, no, we have a real plan. Like we have a strategy to make this work. And he believes in himself wholeheartedly. And I'm just so glad to see that because it is something that I think a lot of kids who you know, are in school and sports and kind of have no time for anything else, don't have that chance to really pursue those dreams. They're sort of in the box of what they do in their everyday and what others are requiring of them. They don't get enough time to require something of themselves. Yeah. I I love that because at 12, he could be making a $100,000 business. And then at 40, the moon, like literally he could have like the first <laughs> moon business. I don't know. Like literally there's nothing off the table. And I love that he's got that, that veracity in him. And that's because of you. That's because of women like you who's showing him like it's possible and believing in him and believing in yourself. If you didn't believe in yourself, it'd be hard to believe in somebody else. Yeah. He can borrow my faith. It's a really beautiful thing. And, and he can see that it doesn't have to come at the cost of a lifestyle. I think there's a lot of examples of business owners where we see that they're giving up so much on the home front to make their business happen. And instead he's learning how to be creative. You know, this, this hundred thousand dollar business, we've determined he could do it in just five hours a day, which means he could get started, you know, early in the morning and be done by noon and have the rest of his life every day from noon on, which is huge because that leaves so much time for friends and for one day his family and, you know, all of that. It's fabulous to see that creativity coming out because he knows that it is possible. I am obsessed. Yes. Then franchise it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We were just talking about this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that how do we have an eye towards growth with our business and not just focus on creating a job for ourselves, but creating an actual business. And I think most of us are like, I'm, I'm a business owner and we are, but if we took six months off, everything would collapse and we would have no income, which means really what you've done is created a job for yourself. And it's a great place to start. I'm there right now. But I have an eye towards an end where I could take six months off. I could go travel around the world and there will still be income coming into my bank account. My clients will still be happy. I'll be serving employees by helping them build their lives. Um, And so something that when we can have that bigger vision of what's possible, we can grow into it much more quickly than if we were just continuing to, you know, stay small in this idea of like, well, I'm going to have to go to work every day. I think when we first connected, one of the things that we had in common was that we both wanted to be like seven figure business owners. Like, like that was more of the goal. Not like, like you said that you were working with women who were like, I just want 20 K, which is fine. And that's your vision. My vision is not the same, which is also fine. Yeah. And I love that you're already thinking like, how will I franchise this? Cause that's what I'm, what's my exit plan. Have you ever read any of MJ DeMarco's books? I don't think so. The Millionaire Fast Line. Check that one out. It is really oh, good. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And yeah, he just talks about some of those things. I think you'd be really aligned with him and be like, oh, yeah, duh. 
on most of them. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I know for me, looking at the book, The Most Successful Small Business in the World, that was huge. That shifted my thinking so much and took me into this bigger picture method of thinking because he's talking about like, okay, if you were a mechanic, how would you be able to replicate your mechanic shop so that there could be 5,000 of you? What yeah. would that look like? And even if you don't have a plan to franchise or to you know create multiple streams of revenue in that way, even if you're going to stay in the job as the mechanic, your business will run so much better and on such a higher level if you start to think about it in that way. And that's literally how I approach every client that I have is we're going to get to this empire status. Let's start making the bricks of your building now to fit that. There's a story was yeah. a story in the Bible. I don't know if it was a story in the Bible or just a story that I know that's about a long time ago. This is the gist of This is the five minute Jeanette version of it. There was two guys, one guy. They, they both had to make, their brothers or something, they're related. They both had to make a pyramid. One guy was like, okay, I got this. And so he was like doing the things. He was like making the things, making the things. The other guy didn't lay a brick for like a year because he was making his machines. He was discovering a process mm. to make them even faster. So that way he didn't have to hand carve all the machines. So he was being an engineer while the other guy was just using his brawn. So he was like doing the things mm. and he was like making fun of the other guy, making fun of him like, hey, you're not you're not even close. I'm I got half my first level done. Blah, blah, blah. Where are you at? You don't even have anything done. And the guy was like, that's cool. Do you. I'm going to do me. And by the time the guy got out with his engineering machine, he like just whooped up on that guy and no problem and was like, mine is done. I'm I'm using my brain. Work smarter, not harder. I'm not doing that. So like it's the same concept of. Let's build these foundations the correct way the first time and not have to do all these band-aids and hustle till we're dead. That's not the lifestyle that I ever want or want for any of my clients. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I love that story because it shows you too that sometimes when you're going about it so strategically, you have this period of essentially darkness. So it looks like darkness from the outside of, it looks like nothing's happening. You're like, God, I feel like, I, I'm working every day and yet like nothing is happening. I don't have this giant following. I don't have tons of clients. I don't have, you know, this huge business that I can envision, but it's what it takes to very quickly grow into that. So it's kind of like that, that hockey stick of success. You know, you've got this slow going growth and then all of a sudden it can explode because you've laid that foundation and really put that strategic thought into it from the very beginning. Yeah. See, this is why I love you. <laughs> what is one thing you've learned on your journey to become unstoppable? Oh, man, I, I think it's really trusting God's plan for you, even when it seems weird, even when it makes no sense, even when you think this can't be it. This can't be the door I'm supposed to walk through. This can't be the person I'm supposed to talk to. It, it can be so tough to trust especially when God is closing doors, when you're going after something and that door closes, but being able to trust that that door closed for a reason and that it's going to serve you to the highest and the best, that that is what makes you unstoppable because otherwise it's so easy to get discouraged and stop 
And I'm a firm believer that the high percentage of businesses that fail is only so high because many, many business owners quit. Mm-hmm. I, I have heard too many stories of the mega successful people of times where it should be complete failure. I mean, Mike Michalowicz, before he wrote Profit First and went on his book tour that put him on the map, he lost all his money. Like he built a successful business, sold it, and then he lost all his money. There's another guy who was at a Tony Robbins event talking about his company. He's He's got this like eight, nine million dollar company. There was a point in time just five years prior where he had like a $10 million company and then lost everything, right? So it's just one of those things that it's like, yes, there are times where you can feel like your business is failing or has failed. And if you quit, then that will be true. And that will be the statistic that you become a part of. Or you can say, no, I'm not stopping here. I know there's something else. There's another way. There's more for me. And you follow God down that path. And it seems like every time someone does that, the thing they build next just explodes like a multiplier of worth versus the first thing that failed. Amen to that. I feel like you have to, you have to fail so many times anyways, before you're going to get success. I don't know anybody who made one video and it went viral and that was the end. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Warren Buffett, right? He's like Mr. Mega Business. And he says he will not invest in anyone who hasn't failed in business at least twice. Because you learn so much through that failure process about what actually does work for you and for your market space that then you become a safe investment, right? So you have to keep investing yourself, trusting that at some point it is going to work out for you. Amen. Amen. So tell me about book writing. Tell me about anything you think is like the most underrated thing that people don't think about when they're writing a book. I think for entrepreneurs specifically, it's this idea of, well, I need to be big enough. I need to be big enough before I can like qualify to write this book. I need to be, you know, Oprah level. (laughs) Like they, they want to be this giant name. And the funny thing is, is your book can be how you become that giant name. Your books can be stepping stones toward that level of success. And if you wait for that level of success to then write a book, it's, it's just not going to happen as quickly. And you have good things to say. You're smart. You're an expert. You have real people who need help who need what you have to offer. And so you can write a book from the very beginning. I mean, I started my business consultancy. I opened the doors in June of 21 and I published my book in September of 21. And I was able to grow that business beautifully because I published that book. It wasn't about me trying to get on the map and be like the next big name in business consulting. It was just about me serving the people I wanted to show up for And that book gave me so much credibility and authority that I was able to land three new clients before the book was ever published, just talking about the fact that I was going to write this book, you know? And so it's, it's a gift to people to write your book. And the longer you wait, the higher chance there is that you'll never be able to give that gift because you you don't know when your end is going to come. And I hate to be morbid, but it's just true. Like there could be a bus out there with your name on it one day. And if you don't step out in faith and take big and bold action. That day may never come. Yes. Preach girl. Yes. 
do it. If you're thinking about writing a book, do it now. Hire Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're thinking about it, you've been called to it. That's the bottom line. Like you are a spiritual being. God is speaking to you and through you. And if you have this inkling, like you need to write a book one day or you, you know, most people I meet, they're like, I've thought about writing a book for the last five, six years, but I'm just not ready yet. And I'm like, BS, because you were ready five years ago. That's why God put that idea in you. And so you're being called to this to serve a higher purpose. And so like, are you really keep saying no to God and saying no to your book? I mean, really? Are you talking to me right now? I feel like you're talking to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) If your heart receives it as that, then maybe I am. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite Bible verse and why? Oh, that's such a tough one. Yeah, it's a really tough one. Oh my gosh. I really love Romans 8, 28. And I think a lot of people, you know, would, would choose that one. But I think it's because there's just so much truth in it and also so much promise. It's one of those ones that you can rest in time and time and time again. It's like you can lean back on it and and be like, okay, I can trust that, you know, this is for my higher good. This is going to work out for me. God has plans for me. I can trust in that. I want to quote it right now, but I know I'll get it wrong. I would have to look it up. So you'll have to put it it in the show notes, but it's just like so powerful. I don't know. I read all different kinds of versions, but I guess the one I go to the most is the new international version. And the new IV, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Yes. So good. It's just the, the the big promise. It's the big, big promise, promise to us. And and it takes our buy-in. You know, we have to love him. We have to be bought in to the purpose he has for us. Another one I really love is Philippians 4, 6. And it's the foundation for manifestation right there in the Bible. I mean, it's so funny because I used to be more like new agey. And I was like, manifestation in this. And I'd be explaining it. And then I learned about this Bible verse. And I was like, okay like it's been here all along (laughs) like come on you know we're trying to recreate the wheel but god has had it there for us the entire time and in in that verse it talks about you know prayer and petition and if you go back in language and you see what that really means it it brings up this idea of supplication and what that actually is is saying in my prayer i'm gonna ask for the thing that God has told me he has for me. So it's not about making a petition for the things that you want that are just on your heart, but it's that idea of supplication and going to God and saying, Lord, what do you have for me? And then saying, okay, I'm going to ask for that. Give me more of that. Help me towards that. Uh, It's just so powerful. And it goes right in hand with that Romans 8, 28, because then that's where the goodness comes from. That's where the highest blessings will pour out from is from his purpose for you. And then in the message, I like the message sometimes it says, this is also six and seven. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray, let let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. 
Mm, so good. So good. It's it's all about our mindset. Yeah. You know, being in the mindset of Christ instead of being in our own mindset, our own fear, worry, doubt, our own humanness, honestly. I mean, how do we transcend that humanness through attention to and meditation on Christ so that we can be in touch with our higher spiritual self that is only accessible through him. And that's, that's when God's kingdom comes into the now we have like the now and the not yet idea in Christianity. And we're here now with God walking it out when we can be in that mindset of Christ. Yes. Amen, girl. Amen. Amen. Manifesting from the the biggest manifester in the world he said let there be light yeah and there was light boom yeah and he made us mean. in his image he is the creator right. so if we're made in his image we're called to create as well but we're yeah. called to create from that place of guidance through yes. him because when we try to create without him all we actually create is destruction we just destroy honestly, even with our best intentions. So we have to rest in what he has for us, what he's calling us to, and make sure that, you know, we're creating from that place. And then the creativity and the opportunity is just endless. It's just opened up to us in a whole new way. And I love that because God is, yes, God is so good. Okay. So to wrap up, we talked about book writing, motherhood, homeschooling, entrepreneurship, life in general. We talked about a few books. We we talked about Rocket Fuel, The Millionaire Fast Lane, The Most Successful S- Small Business in the World, Dan Hardy. Yeah, all the things. This was great. Danielle, this was amazing. This was like, <laughs> I'm so glad. I can't There's going to be at least one gem about. in there. Yeah, for everybody, you know, oh, at real. least one. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Thank you so much for being here. If is there is there anything that you want to share with the community? I know that you have a book guide that you're talking about. Tell us about that. So my book guide is called How to Write a Book That Actually Makes Money because so many people write books and then they don't make any money with their book. There are six things you need to know before you start writing. And so that book guide just outlines all of that. So you can go to confidentconcept.com slash book guide to grab a copy of it. And I've got a new ebook coming out and I'm not sure when this will air. So it might already be out as you're listening, but it's called Timeless Visibility, How to Get in and Get Paid in 2024. And I'm going to talk all about how visibility works and how a book is your best visibility tool. I love that. Yes. And if it is out, it will be in the show notes. So boom. And both the book guide and, and if it's people. not come to, you know, my website or come get the book guide, you'll be on my list and you'll know as soon as it's out. <laughs> yeah. Find her on Instagram. It'll be in the show notes too or wherever. Yes. Email her. Exactly. All of that stuff will be in the show notes. Just find her. (laughs) And connect. I want to connect. I love, you know, being a human and being human with other humans. So let's just like chat. It doesn't have to be about necessarily books or business or whatever, but maybe you homeschool too, or maybe you want to start a business or maybe you already have an awesome business. Like just, just reach out. Let's chat about all the things. Yeah. Like I just want real people to connect with me in a real way. Like, yes. Exactly. 
All right, girl. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. See you soon. Bye. Wow, that was so good. So I know that you know somebody that also needs to hear that. So share this episode, leave a review. And I would love if you could watch my free workshop at JeanettePeterson.com slash missing piece. I'll see you guys over on the grams at Jeanette.Peterson. Bye.